your Bibles, if you will, to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. We are in this new series. Actually, it's not new anymore. Fourth message in the series of relationships. All right. Very great topic for all of us. Uh, we started out with relationship with yourself. If you really don't have your yourself under control, you're not really going to have any kind of relationship with anybody around about you. It just isn't going to happen. So you got to get yourself and understand who you are, who God created you to be, and not just understand it, but here's the thought, believe who you are in Christ. Believe that you are a masterpiece. Believe that God loves you and he wants to use you. Then secondly, we talked about uh, parenting. Uh, that was pretty, parenting is easy, right? <laughs> we talked a little bit about that, but it is, I'm just kidding, it is very difficult. We talked about that, and then last week we honored mom's relationship with moms, and you guys were great uh, participating in that message. Today, however, we're going to talk about our relationship with God, basically how to develop a close relationship with God. So look on the screen, if you will, uh, James chapter 4 and verse 8 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart, uh, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So the idea is, if you draw close to God, then he will draw close to you. And that's what we're going to talk about, is that God has already done everything that he is supposed to do to begin a relationship with us. He sent his son to die on the cross pay for our sins, that we can literally draw close to him. But it's not easy because we have enemies. God has enemies. The devil, the world, the flesh, and the devil are our enemies, and they do not want us drawing close to the Lord. Because if the devil knows that we're close to the Lord, then he's the loser. Because, listen, the Bible tells us that Satan is a Thief. He wants to steal, kill, and to destroy your life. So when you're close to God and you have every, you're, you're just anointed and you're walking with the Lord and the Holy Spirit has filled you, then the Holy Spirit, or the devil's going to lose because you are literally going to be able to the power of God flowing through you to touch people's lives to set them free. God's going to use you to help other people come to know Him. He's going to use you in all kinds capacities because God literally is flowing through you, touching people's lives. Satan doesn't want that, so he's going to do everything possible he can to stop you from getting close. And then, of course, our flesh doesn't want that either, right? Our flesh wants the easy way out. And studying the Bible every morning and giving your all to God is very, very hard. It's complicated because our flesh wants just the opposite. So drawing nigh to God is like dragging yourself out of bed when you've got a couple hours of sleep. How many had that last night? A couple of you told me that you're, you're just really struggling this morning, so I'm going to walk down to the, in the aisles to your seat and talk to specifically to you, Kyle. Amen? Because you had a rough, rough night. Listen to these scriptures. Just go over a few scriptures. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 and 11 says this, talking about the Lord and our friendship. Friendship, the word friendship, just relates to an intimate relationship. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. 
Now look at verse 7. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new, notice this, our new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ and what God has made us. What did he make us? He made us friends of God. So Jesus Christ and that death has brought us close. So the idea is, listen, guys, God wants to be friends with us. That's mind-boggling. God wants to be friends. He, he don't want to be one of those people that are invited to a wedding. Where they come in, they're your friends, you know, they're family. They just come and they sit at the back, and they're literally just observing you as you live your life. God doesn't want to observe as you live your life. God doesn't even want to be on the front row with your family. He, he, he don't want to be just sitting there and, and you know, just, just watching you up close as you live. He, want, he wants to be on stage. He wants to be the best man at your wedding so he can be in, intimately involved in your life. This is not the relationship with God takes work, and we're going to talk about it today and next week. How close does God want to be with us? Let me give you a couple of verses. This morning as we look at this, look at a lot of verses, all right? Uh, Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. It says this. You must worship the Lord, no other gods, for the Lord who, whose very name is Jealous is a God who is jealous about, now what? About his relationship with you, about that closeness. That word, that word jealousy Jealous means he's passionate. Think about that. God is passionate about having a close relationship with you. But it does mean zealous, and it does mean jealous. God, who created the universe, who blew breath in the first man, and he stood up and he walked, and he became a living soul. He is jealous when you put somebody else in his spot. Somebody else in your life that's closer to you than he is. He's jealous. Now, how many have ever been around a jealous person? Okay, we all have, right? And when they get jealous, they're, they're just crazy. Well, God's not that kind of jealous. He's just, he's going to do whatever it takes. Now, listen, he's going to do whatever it takes to get close to you, to get that intimate relationship with you. He's what? He's passionate. Listen to what Hosea 6, 6 says. This is just describing what he wants, what our God once, and as far as that relationship, now listen very carefully. I don't want your sacrifices. The sacrifices in the Old Testament was how we serve God. Okay, I don't want, now he, he, he puts this in context, I don't want your service. What's he want? I want your love. <laughs> That's our God. <laughs> That's not your wife. That's not your husband. That's the creator of the universe. He wants your love. How many say, amen, that's good stuff? Oh, that was bad. How many think that was great stuff? Amen. Thank you. All right. And he goes on. Now, I don't want your offerings. Now, don't take that literally today, okay? <laughs> We're going to pass the buckets in just a moment, all right? I don't want your money. I want you to know me. Now, this is God. He's not this, this person out in space that you can never get close to. You can never have an intimate relationship. This is what God wants from us. This is fantastic stuff. What's your purpose of being here? You ever thought that? 
Why am I here? What, what's the reason for my existence? Look at this next verse in Acts chapter 17. Starting from scratch, when God created the universe, he created mankind. Okay, starting from scratch, now this is the message, by the way. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race. Okay, he made all of us, okay, past and future, and made the earth hospitable. Okay, so he made the earth a, this is, this is a nice place to live, amen? I mean, it's just, it's just comfortable, okay? With plenty of time and space for living. Our God did all of that. Now, notice the next three words. Go to the next verse. So we could. He created the universe, this planet to live on, and comfortable so that we could seek after God. You want to know what the purpose you're here for? Not for me to get married to Judy and have six kids and 12 grandkids. That's just a plus, amen? Okay? It's actually to seek after God. Now notice this next verse. And not just grope around in the dark. A lot of people are doing that. Seriously. A lot of people don't know what their purpose is. And they're just going through the motions. They, they don't really understand life. But God's telling us why we're here. Grab a hold of this. This is life changing if you let it. Life changing if you embrace it. You're here to seek God, not just grope around in the dark, but what? Let's take, let's t just take, let's do an English class. Let's just take the non-essential out of that first part, okay? God created the universe, human beings, so it created you, so that you could seek after God and actually, what's that? Find him. Everybody see that? It's not just seeking after him and keep seeking. It's God's going to, as we're going to see in a couple minutes, he's going to reveal himself to you. Okay? I, I like this. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. That's fantastic. Our God's not putting that carrot out there, and then when you get close, he pulls it. That's not our God. He's not remote. He is near. I'm just, I'm just giving you some verses that, hey, the reason you are here, the whole purpose is to have that intimate, close relationship with God. And he's done everything he possibly can so that that could take place. Now it is our time. Draw near to God. Drag yourself near to God. And he'll come close as well. So this morning, the question is, how? Now, of course, we're doing baptism, so we can't do the whole message, so we're going to drag this out to next week. Can I hear an amen? But I'm going to give you one thought, okay? How can I seek God? Number one, make knowing God, ready? Your number one priority. Make knowing God your number one priority. Before your marriage relationship, before your children's relationship, I mean, those, that's, my problem has been over the years, I'm just being transparent, is I have placed my wife ahead of God. Has anybody ever done that? Okay, put your spouse ahead of God. I, I've done that. 
And so God has revealed that to me, and so we had to make adjustments. Woman, get down there. Sit down. Woman. Woman. Everybody like that? Okay. Actually, where's she at? I think she left. She doesn't. She, oh, that's right. She sits in the back so that I cannot do those kinds of things to her. Okay. But seriously, that, that, that's been my problem for many, many years, and she, and she knows that, and she understands that we've, we've had to deal with that kind of stuff. And so, you know, in doing that, God has then, in return, revealed himself to me in a deeper way because I put him first. Okay. One of the, there's probably, out of the top ten, Paul the Apostle uh, has known God in a deeper way than almost any other any other person alive. Moses knew God. He was a friend of God. Uh, Abraham knew God. He was a friend of God. David knew God. But Paul the apostle knew God in an intimate way. Now, listen to how he got to that place. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. Okay? Yes, everything else is worthless in compared with the infinite value, now notice this, of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have disregarded everything else. Now, comparing them, counting it all as garbage so that I might what? Gain that intimate relationship with Christ. So Paul the Apostle said everything else doesn't even compare with my relationship with Christ. So because he put him first, then we see the scripture and what God does. Okay, In John chapter 12, verse 21 and 23, okay, John chapter, actually John chapter 14, 21 and 23. Okay, so, so I'm just simply saying when you put God first and you, you count everything else, you, you, he's number one and everything else is number two, number three. He's first. This is what happens. Okay, follow through. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them. Well, that's fantastic, but notice what it says. And I will love them and, what's it say, reveal myself to each one of them. In other words, when we put God number one, and we're going to talk about how to do that next week. We put him number one, and, and, and we're going after him instead of the job isn't number one, our spouse isn't number one, they're number two, and, and then uh, our kids, and we put our priorities in the proper spot. Then all of a sudden, as we're seeking God, he shows up and takes a step closer to us. And what's to say? He reveals himself to us. In other words, he jumps out of these pages. When you're here in the, in the message and you're listening to the word of God, it's not boring. See, if you don't have God first, you sometimes can't even hear what I'm saying. You don't get the depth. Everybody say amen. amen. Because the Bible says you're hard of hearing. But those that are seeking me, those, those that seek the Lord and put him first, and they're praying, God, when I come into church, I pray you'd speak through your word. All of a sudden, it's like he's sitting next to you and he's whispering in your ear. He reveals himself. But when you're not close, it's just kind of going through the motion. And then you, then you complain, well, how come I never hear from God? How come I never understand? I don't understand this book. I read it and I read it. I just don't understand it. It's because he says, draw nigh to me. And I will draw nigh to you. And this verse tells us, he promises us that he'll reveal himself. And then verse 23 goes on. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. Okay, just, just talking about following Christ. My father will love them and will come and make our home 
which, with each one of them. That word, the word is dwell. He stays with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us, and then he's constantly communicating to us. He's constantly with us. And then we, he begins to reveal how special we are to him, that we're his masterpiece, that we're the apple of his eye, we're his world. But that's when we put him number one. When we seek him above all else, then we have this joy <laughs> that's unexplainable. And he's constantly communicating to us. You hear that still, small voice in your head. The Holy Spirit begins to illuminate the word of God and calls verses back to your remembrance. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says this. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. That word look, in the King James, it's talking about if you search for me. It means pursue. I mean, it literally is you're, you're stretching, you're, you're, let's say you're just, you're reaching for a goal. Let's say you're a baton runner, okay, and you're, you're, you're stretching out with that baton, and you're just giving it everything to get in that guy's hand so he can take off. That's the idea. You're stretching to the breaking point. You're, you're literally in pursuit, hot pursuit of this intimacy with God. Whatever it takes, I'm going to win Christ. Otherwise... You're just going through the motions. You're grumbling in the dark, wondering all the time, what is going on? Every time something happens, you're going, life isn't fair. You don't understand that when these problems happen and these trials come in our lives as believers and we're seeking him, we understand this is for our best interest. It's for us to grow. And to become more like him, to bring us even deeper in a relationship with him. One more verse, okay? Psalms 25, verse 14. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. Now, listen to the King James. The secrets of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenants. Now think about that. The secrets of the Lord are with them who fear the Lord. The word fear means to reverentially trust. Those that put their trust in God, those that seek God, those that trust God, then God shows up and he reveals himself, but not just himself. What's it say? His secrets. Okay, it literally says, the secrets of the Lord. Then it says, he shows them his word, his covenant. He explains this book. This is fantastic. So I'm, I'm just here advocating. If you want a close, intimate relationship, if you really want God's power in your life, the Holy Spirit, where he's anointed you, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and God just uses you, and you just are constantly in this fantastic intimacy with the Lord, you have to put pursuing him as your number one priority. Otherwise, as the verse said, and, and I didn't say this, we grope around in the dark, not understanding what God's will is for us right now, 
not understanding what God's word is two weeks later, not understanding a year from now, what am I here for? Not understanding what our past, why these things happened in my past, why? Why was I born in that family? Why did this happen to me? We're in the dark. But when you get serious, now, this kind of message is hard. <laughs> okay, can I hear an amen? Or oh me? Okay, this is, this is difficult. But we're talking about relationships. We're going to talk about relationships with God one more time, but then we're going to get into the marriage. All right? So hopefully you're still here. Amen? Okay, that's, that's, that's the time the men check out and all the women will be here, right? All right. So we're going to get ready to baptize, but I'm going to pray real quick. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's just go to the Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Let me just ask you this morning. Do you have the kind of intimate relationship with the Lord that you want? If you don't, would you allow me to pray for you? Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one's looking around. By an uplifted hand, you would say, preacher, I want a closer relationship with God. Would you pray for me that I will, I will put him as my number one priority as far as seeking to know him? Just lift up your hand, hold him up, and I'll see it. And I want to just pray for you this morning. Just keep him up. Yes, hands all over. Keep him up. 